0: Hello, and welcome to the very first Football Attic podcast. I'm Chris Oakley.
1: And I'm Richard Johnson.
0: So you are, yes. Welcome to this uh, first in what will probably be an occasional series of podcasts to accompany the Football Attic uh, blog site which some of you may know about, some of you won't. Basically, the reason why we're here and the reason why we do the blog site uh, is to fill your lives with choice cuts of football nostalgia. If you don't know where the blog site is, let me tell you right here and now. It's www.thefootballattic.com. If you go there, you'll find all the wonderful articles that uh, Rich and I have been writing since, uh, what, must be November last year, is that right,
1: Rich? October, something like that.
0: Yeah, October, November, something like that. has It's been, uh, it coming up for a year, I suppose. How time flies when you're having fun. Um, but uh, yeah, if you go along there, you'll see all our articles and you'll see what we're all about. And uh, well, basically, which um, yeah, we, I think we, we decided a while back that it would be nice to have an occasional foray into the world of podcasting just to kind of complement what we've been doing. So um, fingers crossed and all that. I trust you're well?
1: I am, yes. I'm uh, enjoying this rather strange British summer weather. It's unseasonably what, hot. Sun,
0: sunshine and warmth. <laughs> yes, there's not not been much of that, but um, yes, it's it's been a pleasantly nice day, and we hope it is wherever you are listening uh, right now. Um, we're going to discuss. Uh, all manner of different uh, football nostalgia topics during the course of all of the podcasts that we do, including this one, obviously. And we'll also talk a bit about uh, stuff that's going on on the blog site, and hopefully, we'll give you a bit of an insight into um, the things we're working on that we've been writing about in recent past and. Um, during the course of the podcast and certainly at the end we'll be telling you how to get in touch with us because we'd love you to do that Um, but um, to begin with Rich I think um, a good topic to kick off this podcast with would be that of sticker collecting Uh, something that you and I have both done our fair share of both as boy and boys and men Um, and I suppose you you can't really go too far down that road without mentioning the big elephant in the room which is Panini Um, Mm -hmm. I mean (laughs) <laughs> oh, you remember Panini. Oh, uh, vaguely. You, 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 you remember the Euro I've, 2012 I've been in hot
1: to them of late, what with having filled up two Euro 2012 albums.
0: You're, I tell you, you're, you're hardcore. <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever meet anyone as hardcore as you when it comes to this sort of thing. I didn't think I'd ever um, be
1: hardcore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, hanging around with the dodgy type like me, I suppose, with yeah. bad influence. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to fire a question at you to, to begin with then, Rich. I mean, the whole Panini thing... Um, When did that start for you? What was your first collection? What do you remember about the kind of earlier days of you collecting Panini stickers?
1: My first ever Panini collections at all were non-football related. They were all uh, most... I think the first one I ever had would have been either Mm. a wildlife one a world of wildlife or it Mm. would have been the Empire Strikes Back sticker album
0: wow indeed
1: and I've still got that somewhere I have no idea where but somewhere in the loft good lord somewhere up in the attic And sitting
0: on a fortune (laughs) yes naturally enough yes but
1: um, as I didn't actually get into football till about the age of 11 due to as anyone who has read the blog will possibly know. I might have mentioned Mexico 86 once or twice. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yes, it was that tournament that got me into it. So immediately I sort of ran straight out and and obviously the tournament I think had finished by this point and I found a Mexico 86 sticker album in um, my local toy shop and because the tournament finished they were also selling off all the packets for about 5p each as well. So I used to oh. go in every Saturday with my pocket money and buy about 10 packs worth. And uh, <laughs> I I was convinced up until recently that I'd completed the album. Uh, I thought I, I was thinking back because I thought oh, I finished football '87 and I finished Mexico '86, and then I found them and I'd completed neither of them. And I I was distraught. <laughs> I was just like, well, what, which whose whose life have I been living where I did complete this album?
0: <laughs> I've had similar experiences as well. There was um, in fact kind of the inverse of that because the first one I collected was Europa '80. Um, and I always thought, oh, you know, I, I only ever got about you know, 20 stickers in that album, and I hardly collected it and uh, hardly got any of the stickers for it. And when I looked at it um, about six months ago, I found that I was only about 30 short, and there was about like 300 stickers in it. I thought, grief, I didn't realise. So I've kind of had the opposite um, thing to you there, really. Um, so I, I mean, you've kind of strangely, predictably, uh, unpredictably rather, um, answered one of the questions that I was going to fire at you later on which is like did you ever collect any Panini albums that weren't football so I mean you've kind of got that one out of the way right or, right from the start but um, a good place to start the old Empire Strikes Back I'm I'm, I'm thinking you're sitting on a fortune there really
1: uh, yeah if I could find it yeah although considering I was <laughs> probably what about five at the time and I know that some of the stickers didn't line up and <laughs> even the ones that did were probably put in very badly <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I suppose we've all had an experience of that. In fact, I know for for a fact there are people that collected the Euro two thousand and twelve album, full grown adults, mark you, that um, almost deliberately did that, and, and <laughs> they were almost crowing about it on Twitter, saying, "Oh, look at the way I've stuck this one." In. And I thought, oh, you, "You, know, I th- one, I think one day I you will appreciate a few of
1: those pictures, but it was more in disdain <laughs> than anything else. It was always in yeah, and- Ukraine as well. I had in both <laughs> albums that I got, I had to have, I had to have two. Uh, of a certain sticker for the Ukraine team I don't know if they, they had something against Ukraine maybe because they were hosts or something uh, but, yeah. but on both team pictures there was like a sort of five millimetre gap I have no idea why
0: that's <laughs> very strange it's a conspiracy Panini Panini if you're listening get in touch yeah. we'd like to know sorted
1: out Panini <laughs>
0: um, so um, Mexico 86 and, and, and believe it or not that was going to be one of my other questions which is like you know um, as well as collecting say the domestic uh, panini albums for football 84 or whatever and did you collect any of the euro or world cup ones so we should have written really written a script or at least an agenda and then we could have answered these questions properly in sequence but anyway there we are so mexico 86 and then did you then go into collecting any of the domestic ones like did you then go to football 87 or something like that after I that i
1: did i got, i then got heavily into football 87 um and i collected that like i say i thought i'd finished the album turns out i didn't Um, But it did allow me to witness possibly one of the most heinous crimes in Panini history, and that was, at the time, in the Football 87 album, the sticker that everybody had was QPR manager Jim Smith. Everybody had that sticker. In fact, if you didn't have it, I don't know what was wrong with you, but but everyone had it at least (laughs) three times. I had it personally about five times in my collection, and literally seconds before I got to actually speak to someone, they swapped their remainder it was the only sticker they needed to complete the album and it's like I had three of them sitting there the person standing next to me had one of Jim Smith and swapped it for about 300 stickers that the guy just decided that well it was the end of the album he didn't need them anymore I just gutted
0: (laughs) oh dear these hard luck stories I've
1: never forgiven Jim Smith for it Um, (laughs) the restraining order that I now have is not related to that that's actually something else
0: you, you've got to leave it. Yeah. Now. The, the The poor guy's probably in his seventies now. I mean, he he wouldn't be able to take it if you yeah. you know if you pressurised him too much. Um. I must, I'll, I'm going to go and check that after after this podcast. I'm going to go straight upstairs and find my football '87 album and see if I had Jim Smith. Yeah, i will probably um,
1: go back and find I never actually had the sticker at all. It was
0: probably someone else's <laughs> life again. Yes. Um. Football '87 was actually the last sort of domestic collection I had because I started with football '80 and Europa '80. And yeah, '87 was the last one I had, and um, I didn't, I didn't finish, I didn't complete any of my albums from that era as a kid, because I've collected a few since as, a, as an adult. But um, I just, I don't know what it was. I just never felt all that compelled to sort of send off them, really. Did you, did you complete any others as a kid? I think
1: I completed most of the albums as a kid. I again, I don't, mm. I, didn't, I didn't complete any football ones. But I think every other album I did, I did complete it. I know, I know, I completed the Transformers one. And, but again I can't think if I actually ended up sending off. I'm sure I sent off for the I'm, I'm convinced I sent off for the Empire Strikes Bat one and the Transformers one just to finish about the last 30 stickers but it's like the, the Transformers it was only me and my brother collecting it so there was like swaps were kind of hard to come by really
0: <laughs> yes that's right it's like yeah, if, if your brother didn't have the one you wanted then that was kind of as far as it went yeah really, I suppose Yes, but
1: after after I tell you what after um, Panini, um, I think it was the Daily Mirror that released a series of sticker albums, and I think I've got two of theirs. I think it was 1988 and 1989, um, mm. and they were the thing that I liked about the Daily Mirror ones were they were much larger stickers. The first set they did, the 88 ones, were quite large. I think they were about twice the size of a normal Panini one. Um, yeah. and they were all what the, what would now be termed as an action shot which was actually just when you look at it back in history now what it was was a load of cheap photos they took from their stock archive of the season yes. before because in 1988 Coventry was still playing in their blue and white stripes apparently and the season <laughs> after that we were playing in the previous season's kit so I don't know what the hell was going on there but
0: <laughs> not to be used as an historical reference it's just <laughs> no exactly
1: but the funny yeah. thing was as well they, it, it did seem a little bit cheap apart from the fact that they obviously were not official sort of team photos or anything but they all seem really dark as well I mean (laughs) especially the following year when they actually the actual whole album was a lot more glossy Um, had like a kind of you know shimmery effect cover to it and it had foil stickers in it which it hadn't had the previous year that obviously you know picked up on Panini's marketing there but the foil stickers themselves were really dark and actually most of the um the player shots were really dark as well, so it just never it's never seemed to quite make it. And I think after that, Merlin sort of came along and sort of picked up from where they left off. Really, yeah. I don't think the Daily Mirror ever did anymore.
0: Now, they the uh, is um, a thing. If you look back in time, the 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 tabloids, particularly the Sun and the Mirror, I think had a go at um, doing their own sticker albums with varying degrees of success. But um, I kind of look at those those albums now with. a a, a wry smile I must admit just because they're not Panini and you can see that the budget perhaps wasn't there and they were kind of having a go making it up as they went along almost and I I kind of look at them just because they're kind of quite quaint in their own way Um, in a similar vein I was going to actually mention also the alternatives to Panini because there was also this uh, FKS Um, FKS had a go at doing some stickers in fact they were probably the main sticker not even stickers, sometimes they were like sort of stamps almost. Um, that they were the main purveyors of those before Panini came along in the 70s, and you can still get those uh, on eBay, I think, if you have a look around for them. But have you got any of those ones, the FKS ones, or the alternatives to Panini from, from that kind of era at all?
1: I haven't, no, I'd never even heard of the FKS ones until I think it was raised quite recently. Um, yes, I'd yeah, totally passed me by, I think.
0: Yes, I had. Um, from the original era I think I had one called something like Spain 82 and if I think I'm right in saying and I'm sure people will correct me on this if I'm wrong but um, nearly all of the FKS albums for like the World Cup that they did during the 70s and into the early 80s had practically the same cover on the front which was a strange kind of painting of what looked like Pele doing an overhead kick but he was sort of it was painted from the front on if that makes sense and they just kind of rehashed the same artwork every time but they just changed the title above it so it would sort of be uh, Munich, uh, not Munich uh, was it Munich or maybe it was Munich 74 um, Argentina 78 Spain 82 Uh, again you'll probably see testament to that if you go on eBay but um, I had the Spain 82 one and I think they were stickers by that point as opposed to the other sort which I say were like stamps which you actually have to glue in yourself Ask your parents on that one, um, and um, and again, kind of the pr- the production values, the design of the stickers, very sort of basic. But I look at them now and just sort of smile because I just think, well, you know, we can't all be paninis in this world, and and uh, I guess they, you know, variety is the spice of life. You've got to kind of look at these things for what they are, and the fact that people put in a bit of effort. But going back to your point a moment ago, actually, a lot of the when you look at the photography, um, you know, some players would be like headshots, some would be full length shots. Some would be some player just ligging around on a training field. And, and, and in some ways, that variety kind of just adds to the charm of it, really, because p- there's no doubt about it. Panini, by a, like the early 80s, had really sorted their act out, and, and the the photography was great. There was head and shoulder shots all the way through. There was no irregularities, which is kind of admirable, but you lose a bit of the charm for that. But uh, I was going to
1: say, this brings me on to a nice little point, though. Um, mm. Recently... Because we were talking about the uh, obviously just there about the the quality of the photos, but then this brings me on to the abomination that was the England team in the Euro twenty twelve album. Ooh. Because I, and I know certainly on on, on uh, amongst people on Twitter there was quite a lot of rumblings about it. Yes, I mean, um, it's uh, you know at, at least with the things like the Daily Mirror ones, the the in action shots was at least a picture of the footballer <laughs> kicking a ball or at least trying to, as yep. opposed to the Panini twenty twelve one where the inaction shot of Wayne Rooney was his head floating through space <laughs> in some kind of weird time warp.
0: <laughs> yeah, I must admit, because talking about kind of collecting Panini here, um, I, I sort of stopped at, in 1987 at the age of about 16 going on 17, and then I picked up again uh, about in 2000, I think it was for the Euro 2000 thing, and thought, right, okay, I'm a, I'm an adult, I probably should be doing something more constructive with my time, um, like fraternising with the opposite sex and, um, I don't know, forging a career in high finance or something, but I just fancied kind of doing the Panini thing again. And even at that point, I think I'm right in saying, in 2000, the, all the England players had the photoshopped Pure white shirts on because of the obviously the licensing thing, which I'm sure a lot of people know about, where they uh, weren't allowed to show England players in an England shirt because that was Merlin's responsibility. Um, and it's it's kind of interesting with the Euro 2012 collection, people suddenly saying, oh, What's all this? What's this? You know, England players not wearing the proper shirt and and I'm just like yeah, I know it's been like that for a while. I'm sorry to say, I'm you know it's uh, maybe one day before I completely croak. It they'll kind of figure it all out and they'll get, give the England contract back to Panini again, and I will see England players wearing an England shirt. That's my kind of 101 on my 101 things to do before I die list. I think you never know your luck; it might happen. <laughs> um, I but yeah. Sorry, go uh, no. I was just going to say uh, that in terms of the actual kind of process of the the photoshopping, it, the, some of those images did leave a lot to be desired. You're quite right.
1: Well, that's what surprised me. I mean, I, I recently bought the uh, after your recommendation uh, the um, Panini World Sticker Collections, which you can. It's like basically a book where it combines mm. all of their. World Cup and Euro um, Championship sticker albums in like a pre-printed um, format mm. and I remember from the Mexico 86 one, well, even at the time um, looking at some of the Argentina pictures and it looked like some of, the, some of the shirts were kind of flat shirts with their heads stuck behind it. And I remember thinking at the time kind of, is that real or is it, is it fake? And never, as a child, you're sort of quite trusting in these sort of things and you just think, <laughs> it can't be fake, surely. And then having gone back through the, especially the Euros actually, having gone back through that, the Euro 96 one I think is, is terrible. It's absolutely really? appalling. <laughs> I, I posted some pictures up on Twitter and one of them, I think, it, it's, it's literally like they just couldn't be bothered at all. I mean, I think Robbie Savage... Uh, not Robbie Savage. Um, oh, Robbie, Fowler. Is, yeah, that's Robbie Fowler. Yeah, that's Robbie Fowler. He's in there, and his head is at least two inches to the left of where it should be. And not only that, <laughs> but his neck is actually bisected by his tracksuit top, which is quite interesting. I mean, I, I know, you know, you can suffer quite a bit of damage from, from snorting certain substances, but I don't think it was that bad. Not, um, not that
0: we wish to suggest. No, you know, I was we're not I was, making any was
1: an entirely unrelated comment. Just in case, the, and I don't <laughs> know, in case the lawyers are listening. Nobody's yeah. listening. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: not yet. In any case, no. but, uh, but yeah, no, it's just um, it is quite strange. And I mean, I know this is slightly on a different subject, but um, I recently, uh, as a result of my research for writing an article on the Football Attic, um, I decided to rediscover the whole um, Tops collectors card thing. And I say rediscover because I uh, I remember... I must have been really young, like only probably about seven years old or something like that. There was a kid who lived a few doors along from me. And he collected these tops, collector cards. This is kind of the alternative to Panini in the late 70s, it would have been. Uh, whereby you buy a packet and they're cardboard cards, hence the name. And you've got a little stick of vulcanised chewing gum in it. And, and that was kind of the situation. But the But the thing with those... As I found out, and as the good people at got not got have also identified as well is if you look at some of the pictures on those tops cards, they are hideously um what what do you call it so basically colored post production colored colourised that 's the word i 'm looking for um so, and 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 somebody's just painted over a shirt there's one particular example. The, uh, the ubiquitous Don Masson who played for Derby and then went to QPR uh, if you look at any of those kind of sticker collections and things from the 70s when Scotland were in the World Cup and England weren't Don Masson was almost always featured somewhere along the line there'd be a picture of him I don't know quite what was so great about him because I don't remember anybody saying that he was a legend or anything but anyway that's, that's neither here nor there but the, this picture of him on one of the tops cards I've got he clearly was on the pitch at Derby but he'd moved to QPR so they just tried to paint a QPR actually I may have got that the wrong way around QPR going to Derby I do apologise but somebody tried to paint a Derby kit on him and it's just the most awful thing and that's uh, not even getting onto the backgrounds a lot of the backgrounds on those pictures were sort of tinted green and you just think (laughs) at what point did you think you were going to be able to get away with that but I suppose as a kid as you say you kind of look through these kind of naive eyes and you just kind of don't see it, see see it for what it is, but um, oh well, such is the uh, joy of getting old and Indeed, cynical.
1: Yeah, I said. Well, that's the thing. it's like when you're a child, is it is it case that you just you believe that it hasn't been tampered with, or do, I think on half of these things, I just remember not even seeing it, and, <laughs> no. and then you look back as an adult, and you think. How did I not see that? You know, I, I haven't <laughs> particularly develop, I haven't spent years of my adult life developing, you know, kind of Photoshop sensitive eyes or something. But but somehow I just couldn't see it. And like you say, maybe is that just kind of the sheer magic. Or maybe that as a child you spend about two seconds looking at the stickers, you whack it in the book and then you oh, just yes. never look at it again. Unless you're oh, Smith
0: <laughs> In which case you become strangely besotted yeah. by the whole of it. <laughs> but no, I think you've actually hit the nail on the head there. There is that kind of I think as a kid it's all very fleeting, isn't it? It's like you the whole kind of going through your wad of swaps with your mate it's like, yeah, got that, got that, got that and you just sort of go through and you don't sort of dwell on it too long. Um, that sounds quite feasible to me so we'll, we'll put it down to that. Um, so um, when did you stop collecting? Did you go then from Panini on to Merlin? Because Merlin was, I'd stopped in 87, didn't really get the whole kind of Merlin experience but what was your take comparing say Merlin stickers to Panini. If you had much involvement with Merlin,
1: I d- I didn't get into Merlin. I, my, my entire sort of um, football sticker collecting period was very short. Actually, like I say, it started mm. in eighty six, and I think even by looking at my football eighty nine album, um, there's hardly anything in it. So I'd obviously I think I would hmm. switched by that point mostly to the Mirror ones, and then after the Mirror stopped, I just never got back into Panini. So I think, yeah, and because I didn't even have the nineteen ninety sticker album, I think I oh actually no, I tell you what, I did have. I had a Merlin. World Cup 1990 sticker album, Uh which I got... I remember getting through the post, actually, because I got it around about Easter. Um, Hmm. I never actually collected any stickers to go with it, because I don't think I could ever find them. Um, I think it must have been advertised in Shoot or Match or something like that, and I sent off for it. So I've still got that sticker album, um, Mm -hmm. but I've got no stickers in it at all. I think (laughs) think the only other um, sticker album I bought around about that time was... um, must have been about 1989, and it was a Panini's World Superstars or something. Ah, uh, yes, I've and got it, that. It's a very strange hybrid because they're not stickers; they're kind of no. cards that you slot in, like a kind of like a sort of old school um, like photograph album. Yes, on, exactly. Stick in the slot, and I remember as well that actually you could take it apart because on the back of each one of those was like um, like, like a fact a, a file thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a poster. Ah, oh, right. So it's okay. like the, you know, on you'd have like kind of midfielders, and it would be like. Um, like, you know, all the sort of, like, Maradona, people like that. Um, and then if you actually took that page out and flipped it over, I think it'd be like a big oh, yes, like no, yes, A3 poster of Brian Robson or something. But it was an A3 poster of Brian Robson with loads of little white triangles stuck all the way through <laughs> and where you'd st- <laughs> your stick your stickers in.
0: Yeah, because you need that, don't you, really? Exactly, just to kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was actually a variation on that one because I think I may have had, if not both, then certainly the one I'm about to mention... Um, and that is, there was, they did a variation on that where the cards were clear. How about that? Uh, for originality, they were clear plastic cards with just the image of the player on them. And again, you slotted them in like an old-fashioned photo album. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be people out there who remember that, and it's probably going to be the subject of some future article that one of us writes about. Uh, but um, it, they, they every once in a while, Panini, you have to say they um, they did show a bit of originality in fact one of the, I think it's actually our most recent article that I did this week um, about Football 79 that in that collection you had um, fabric badges which I always think is the most wonderful thing only lasted one year but they did instead of the usual metallic foil they just sort of got this silky material and printed I, all I the badges imagine
1: on it I they'd um, sort of done particularly well In sales the previous year, and thought let's just blow the budget on this. (laughs) um, After the person responsible was sacked the following year, um, they got back to foil badges. I can't imagine that must have been cheap.
0: No, no, indeed. And um, I I just wonder if I I don't think there would have been kind of snowed under with people, you know, writing them letters saying this is terrible. Go back to the metallic foil ones. It must have been just production costs. Um, I can only guess. But a lovely original thing. And then you had the clear ones um maybe we should sort of save some of the, the quirkier um productions of uh, panini for another podcast because there's there's another one that I will just I'll just very quickly mention I'm not going to go into detail about it because I could probably go on about this for a while but there was one I don't know if it was called something like football superstars but it was it wasn't really a sticker collection as such but you would get a card and it was like a scratch card <laughs> like a lottery scratch card but there was all these kind of little dots all over it Um, I think on uh, a layout of like a football pitch and you had to scratch off certain circles to try and navigate your way I think from one goal to the other or something like that and again really kind of odd one-off thing that Panini tried and and presumably it failed I think I had um, had, had like
1: Pac-Man versions of that or something (laughs) I think there was obviously a lot of um, sort of similar things that came out and they obviously just came up with one idea and marketed it for like a a billion different potential yeah. avenues. But yeah, I'm sure I had a Pac Man one of like that. It was it was great. It had like a it was like it was like basically if you couldn't afford any kind of computer game in <laughs> the early eighties, you could get a scratch card version of Pac Man. Obviously <laughs> it was good for one game only. It yeah. <laughs> didn't have sound effects. But the graphics were they were great, you know. And it was handheld. <laughs> it was like a yeah. forerunner of future things.
0: Absolutely. Well you can't you can't argue with that. They do, they may not have had the technology back then, but my god they had imagination. And it um, had stickers
1: saying whacker waka. I mean, what more could a child <laughs> want?
0: Ah <laughs> oh, dear. Um perceptively again, you've also just picked up we'll probably kinda of draw a line under the whole panini thing in just a moment, but I will just say that you've you've picked up on one thing I was gonna mention, which is the um, when I collected Panini sticker albums in the 80s, between, say, 80 and 87, the one thing that always used to get me ridiculously excited was, it, because I used to often buy Shoot magazine, there would be that one week in the year when you would get to round about the last page of, of the magazine and it would say, in next week's Shoot, Free! Uh, Panini album and and one free packet of stickers and you used to think oh my god oh my (laughs) god this is incredibly exciting there's going to be a new Panini album and it was just I used to froth at the mouth at how exciting that was it was just ridiculous Um, and then there would be that inevitable thing you'd go into the um, I'd go into my local news agent which was a Martins news agent um, sort of sweet shot kind of a thing and um, you'd go over to the magazine rack and think, "Please don't let them be sold out." Go down there on a Sunday morning or something, or a Saturday morning, and um, and there it was, uh, in its cellophane wrapper with shoots, and it was just um, just incredibly exciting for, a, for for a young person. Um, this, the kind of thing that you just think surely young people these days just would have no idea uh, uh, kind of how <laughs> how disproportionately exciting I, that must I have totally
1: been I totally agree it's a very good point because if you look nowadays at like um, I don't I, I know if it, I think Match magazine does it pretty much all the time but certainly Match of the Day magazine for kids as well it's basically every mm. week you get at least 10 free gifts with it all of which are crap, but you know, <laughs> for a, for a child they're probably quite exciting. You know, last about two minutes. But that's but, the thing. As you you know, it was such a rare thing to get free gifts. I remember. Yeah. One year, when I because I used to collect the Beano as well as a child, and I remember one year, uh, one year, um, one week, it had a free packet. It was popping candy when it first <laughs> came into this country, and because it was from America, it was cinnamon flavored. It was disgusting, oh, but it God. was free. It was free with a magazine, and you just didn't <laughs> get free things. So I still ate the whole lot, even though it was just just vile. But I mean, I remember as well, like you say. I think the other thing as well, and, and a very, it sounds stupid, really, but as a child getting a free sticker book with a magazine meant that that issue that you got of your magazine was was more than twice the weight and size of its normal magazine-ness. Yeah. because it was like it was like oh, wow it's like free magazine and stickers
0: <laughs> yeah and it's quite gratifying that with the Euro 2012 collection this year, they, they did the same thing. They actually gave it away, not with shoot, but they kind of gave you a starter pack in a cellophane wrapper, and it just kind of evoked some of those memories, actually, for me. That was quite nice, nice touch. Um, but, yeah, and then then there's the whole thing of, like, seeing which colour the the, the the Panini album would be each year, because it was, like, 1980, my first one, it was white. The front cover's white. And then the next year it was yellow. Then it was green and they would, and just silly simple little things like that just had, gave you a little frisson of, uh, frisson of of excitement it was just um, happy days um, I suspect we've got more that we could talk about on, on Panini but maybe we'll save that for another time and, um, and save some in reserve but um, happy memories of Panini and um, indeed general sticker collecting uh, and of course it goes without saying that if you uh, want to send us uh, your thoughts or if you want to tell us about your own um, personal high points in your sticker collecting past uh, then uh, do drop us a line we've got an email address which is admin at attic.com uh, we are on twitter as well at football attic um or you can go to our website which is www.thefootballattic.com just leave us a comment on one of our posts uh, there'll probably be a post going up uh, on the site to accompany this podcast where you can download the podcast from as well um so uh, get in touch with us on uh, that particular subject or indeed anything else that we discuss on our podcast um now then Something that we'd like to uh, talk about as well, just for this sort of second half, I guess you could say, of the podcast is um, a project that we started back in March and which has been a a, a source of great pleasure and pride, I think, for the both of us, which which is the League of Blogs. Um, I know a lot of people probably know about it now and have been involved in the project somewhere on the line but we just thought we'd kind of give you a bit of extra detail about it because it's it's something we've greatly enjoyed um, so Rich for the benefit of our wonderful listeners tell, tell them just how it kicked off if you don't mind
1: of course uh, basically it, it actually started with one of your articles Chris about mm-hmm. your time as a teenage kit designer um, yes which as it turns out from the response we got I think seems quite a lot of um, common experience where we're doing that I actually found some of mine the other day and they were fantastic um, <laughs> but what happened was we we then sort of said well okay should we just design a kit for the blog then you know just to represent mm. the blog and yes. we'd already kind of got our corporate colours if you like so I, I knocked up the, the sort of home and the away kit and then just through the conversations I think I think you suggested that oh you know maybe we'd like to throw this out to other bloggers out there Hmm. and uh and then the the subject of like doing it in a sabutio wall chart style came along yeah I think you knocked up the template for sabutio we sort of bunged it out there and immediately got a few sort of responses back and it sort of slowly gathered momentum, and then after a while, it, it sort of almost spiraled out of control. At all yeah. I think I was staying up till three, four in the morning adding kits, <laughs> and, and it was it was a true labour of love because you know people would email me the kits and obviously expect to see them there probably like in a couple of days, <laughs> and I'd within two minutes I'd be emailing them back going it's there I've done it I've put the kit on now, <laughs> um, and this was usually about three o'clock in the morning. You know, in in the week as well, and I, w- I was very tired at work. I think I nearly got sacked at one point. I didn't really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, and and it it sort of uh, it reached a point where it was getting huge and i think we decided at that point to sort of keep it for 9 to 92 to sort of tally nicely with the number of league clubs mm-hmm. um, and eventually we sort of called a halt to it and and ended up with this huge wall chart um which at, i am still trying to sort of uh, produce some actual physical wall charts for anyone who is still interested in this project fabulous um I know there's a few people out there who would very much like a wall chart, um, and I'm just trying to find a decent place to get some made, um, mm-hmm. and it kind of came from, on from there. And then, of course, with the Euro 2012 going on, and everyone suddenly going mad over Panini again, um, the next brainwave came along, which was to make a sort of Panini-fied version of all the <laughs> kits. Yes. Um, and we did. And uh, if you well, want, well, you to did the story from there. Well, yeah.
0: Well, right, and yeah, I was just, I'm just. Though we are undoubtedly a team I mean the the amount of effort that you put in particularly when it came to the um, stage of uh, making the the sticker books which are still available and we'll give you details of how you can get one if you want one um, very shortly but um, yeah I mean you managed to kind of create this wonderful um, object of of desire which I I have a copy of myself this this, um, basically sticker book with all the stickers pre-printed and in my case uh, in place uh, showing off all the wonderful kits that um, I'm sure many of you listening in uh, to this podcast actually submitted to us, and and it just was a great way of showcasing all those designs. And and um, uh, as you say, the whole thing of tallying up with with Panini as well is just it, it just kind of works. Having kind of exploited Sabutio <laughs> for phase one, uh, we hey, didn't. We reset our targets and went for for Panini, but it just kind of worked. And um, it just it's terrific. And the response from from People visiting the blog site um, sort of saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, here's here's a kit and, and can I have a sticker book?" And we've had a few few people snapping up the sticker books, and it's been very gratifying to hear that they've been very pleased with the final pro- project, product product. Um, and it's just it's been incredible because as, as you said um, I mean, we did a video as well, I did a kind of video as well to sort of showcase the uh, the kits as well which is on YouTube by the way if you type in uh, Football Attic into YouTube you'll probably find, I think we've done a couple of videos so far, one of which was a video blog of mine from a while back and you'll also find the uh, uh, League of Blogs video as well so that kind of worked just to kind of show off the kits but then, but just having an actual sort of sticker book in, that you can hold in your hands and look at, at your own pleasure at your own um, I don't know in your own time. It's just it's it's just been amazing. So um, the League of Blogs, we thank you sincerely if you were involved in it. I'm sure that some of you listening in today were have sent in kits that went on to the uh, the initial wall chart and subsequently onto the video and into the sticker books and everything as well. Thank you very much for that. Because um, as you said, Rich, I mean we got a few at first, and I was thinking, well, we'll probably get. Yeah, if we get twenty kits, that'll be pretty good, really. Yeah, (laughs) hence the small kind of wall chart that I designed, and and it um, it rapidly
1: took off from there. I mean, as you said, Chris, um, it is a very, very sincere thank you to everyone that took part, and it, it was it was a very I'm I'm not going to go all too mushy here but it was a very (laughs) heartwarming endeavour as well because we like I say we we thought we might get a little bit of interest but by the end of it you know it it becomes something huge and we did actually make quite a lot of friends through doing it as well you know absolutely, quite a few people who were constantly retweeting on our behalf and spreading the word and it was it was really gratifying and and it, it did garner a lot of a lot of love if you
0: like <laughs> yes indeed so uh, yeah, thank you for your involvement if that was uh, you that we were referring to um, and uh, need to say that we the, there were several posts that went on the blog site um, on the subject of the League of Blogs you can find them they're all still there um, if you go to com and uh, look for the links on the right hand side um, particularly in the word cloud that we got there there's um, you'll see League of Blogs so you can go through the kind of history of it all and if you indeed if you want to get in touch with us if you want to grab One of our sticker books. We've got versions that are with pre-printed stickers and without. I think I'm right in saying that, have we? uh, We uh, have. Yeah. We've got.
1: I think we've got about six or seven left of the of the pre-printed ones, which are I think were about 15 pounds. And then I got about four made of the the sort of ones that you can actually get a full set of stickers to go in as well. We sold one of those, and I kept one of those for myself. So there are actually, I think there's two left although one I think might be reserved for someone so there might (laughs) be just one left
0: oh hurry hurry indeed yes drop us a line if you if you're interested in um, snapping up one of those and by the way we haven't kind of overpriced them so that we can kind of retire early and um, you know on the uh, on the proceeds because they're pr- pretty much you're getting them at sort of face value there's hardly any kind of profit in it if if any at all for us uh, but if you'd like um, either a pre-printed one or a, a sticker album which which you can stick the stickers in yourself uh, drop us a line the best place to do that would be admin at thefootballattic.com our email address uh, indeed that for uh, ordering a sticker book or indeed anything else and we'll tell you all the details of how you can pay for it and all the rest of it so um, that's wonderful and um, I think the plan is that we're going to do another one next year so if you um, if you submitted a kit or maybe three kits in the case of some people that were just getting carried away with it <laughs> sending us a change strip and then a third strip as well which was fantastic um, if you want to do a new seasons kit for representing your your football blog or your football website then um the good news is i think we'll be back again next year to do that as well and we may even find some new ways of um also showcasing your artwork perhaps by then as well too so um that's something to look forward to um, apologies to those of you that wanted to get involved but may- maybe a little bit too late because we had to have a cut off date otherwise it would have gone on forever we would never would have had a final version of the sticker book or the wall chart or the the video or whatever so apologies um, So, uh, but it will be coming around again sometime again soon probably um, early next year we imagine so there we go. So get um, get scribbling, get designing your kit, and then you know, come next year, it will be a, a polished work of art that you can show off to the rest of the world too. So uh, that's great. Um, what else? I think probably we'll be uh, wrapping up uh, very shortly, Rich. But just before we go, um, any um, articles in the pipeline? Anything that you're thinking of working on for the uh, for the blog site?
1: Um, I'm determined to finish my my um, post about the. Simon Ingalls book The Football Grounds of Europe uh, mm-hmm. it's one of my favourite books I think um, in the draft copy of the article that I've got I think I describe it as one of the three things I would probably save in a fire um, <laughs> not including the children of course they can carry things you know. they can save themselves <laughs> they're old enough um, so I, I, I want to get that finished and I am also going to come back at your Spectrum-based computer game football manager with a Commodore angle Ah indeed however it will be poor (laughs) I I had a Commodore plus four not a Commodore 64 like all the proper kids a Commodore plus
0: four
1: yeah it was was why have I never heard of that um, probably because no one ever has uh, it was it was sold in Woolworths only it was like a Woolworths exclusive for £99 and it was basically despite the fact it has 64k of memory plus another 4k hence the plus 4 it could only run Commodore 16 games so it was it was pretty rubbish and therefore the amount of actual football games available for it were rather limited I'm As sorry I'm not, la- see,
0: I'm, I'm not laughing at you I'm just I, <laughs> I just think it's I, I, I like to think I'm over many aspects of nostalgia whether it's TV music you know football whatever and including you know computer games of the era but I've never I can honestly say I've never heard of a Commodore Plus 4 there we are
1: go look it up it looked nicer than the, the Commodore 64 which was a horrible brown colour yeah yeah um, a friend of mine this, had one this was yeah. awesome but it was, it was just cheap and, and never supported yeah, and the failing obviously failing, following on from that my first ever PC was an Amstrad PC really Yes. Was that one of the so CPC
0: I, jobbies, or was that an earlier? No, no. Amstrad? This
1: was an actual proper. This was an Amstrad 286, and uh-huh. it was uh, again totally non-standard. <laughs> and, uh, it had uh, its motherboard was split into two on two different levels inside the gigantic case, <laughs> and it was the one of the only PCs in history, I think, that actually, when you benchmarked it, was actually slower than its stated clock speed. <laughs> So I have a history of poor computers, sort of games, especially you, around football.
0: I tell you, you were ploughing a lonely furrow in those days when you? you were just trying to was, pioneer yeah. these new computers.
1: Yeah, pioneering in the wrong direction, I thought.
0: <laughs> Somebody had to, and uh, your work will not go unrewarded, believe me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the sacrifices you've made. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I, I'm guessing probably Football Manager would have been a good title, probably for the for the uh, Commodore Plus Four, given the way you described it, because it although it probably was a, a a work of art in terms of the way it was programmed um it it probably was well because it was essentially it was mainly a text-based game wasn't it in terms of picking your team and all that so uh, yes um so yeah um yeah, what was going to say i forgot what i was going to say oh yes yeah, so um so that's that that will be something to, to look forward to certainly i'm halfway through an article it's another one of our um favorite five uh, threads uh, our, our thread, rather. Um, we did one, I did one a while back about my favourite five footballs, and I think we've both done one, haven't we, on our favourite five Subutio items. Yeah. Um, I'm halfway through one which is going to be my favourite five World Cup kits. So um, that will be probably going on the site in the next couple of days. Maybe will be on there by the time you hear this podcast. I'm not quite sure. But um, uh, basically. If you've got um, the inclination to write something like that, maybe if you want to talk about your favourite five football kits or World Cup kits or footballs, computer games, football computer games, whatever, do get in touch with us. We'd love to have your writing on the site. the, the channels that I've mentioned before of course admin at thefootballattic.com sorry to keep going on about this uh, At footballattic on Twitter or indeed www.thefootballattic.com uh, do get in touch with us if you want to write anything for the site we'd abso- absolutely love you to do so um, and as I said before if there's any comments you want to make about anything we've discussed on the podcast then also get in touch we look forward to hearing from you um, but I reckon though Rich that's probably enough for episode one of this, uh, this podcast I think we got away with it don't you? I
1: think we've just about managed to.
0: And um, you yeah, know, bearing in mind that we we may or may not get any good feedback from this, there may or may not be an episode two, but we hopefully there will be one in the not too distant future. Uh, we hope to make this podcast available in all the usual outlets, iTunes, and all those all those sort of things. Full details will be on the website. Don't you worry. Um, anyway, that's it. Uh, Rich, good to talk to you. Uh, let's do this again sometime soon. Indeed. Excellent stuff. Uh, thank you for listening. Join us again for another podcast very soon. But from Rich and myself, it's goodbye. Goodbye.